Hi, I'm Jen, and today I am Gardening Out Loud. Thanks for joining me in the garden today. It is Sunday, May 14th. It is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all those moms out there. And, oh, there goes a robin. Just flew right by my head. <laughs> Mother's Day is an opportunity to think about our mothers, of course, but also just about care, I think, and acts of care. And the garden is one location to practice acts of care every single day. We have had a span of hot weather over the last week. It's pretty cool this morning. It's about 11 degrees. I'm wearing my cozy sweater and socks and boots and I have my hot tea here. But it's still getting cool at night, which makes a pretty ideal time of year if you ask me. I was thinking the other day about mini seasons. You know, the Japanese have traditional seasons tied to what's happening in the natural world. And this season for me is about lilacs, first and foremost. There was some debate with a friend last week about saying lilac versus lilac. I am a lilac sayer. But regardless of how you say it, such a gift to be walking or cycling through the streets and catch that sweet, lovely scent just descending on you. At my work, we have a lilac tree and so I was able to harvest a few when I was in last week and keep them in a vase and I had a heavenly couple of days of working Cut lilac doesn't last that long, two or three days, really. It's about all you'll get. Even if you harvest them just right, which is usually when the blossoms are at least a third open, but ideally a bit more, because they don't actually open in the vase. So you want them to not be cooked or browning, but pretty close to fully open. Anyway, lilacs are completely wonderful. Also, they have culinary uses. This year, inspired by the writer and editor, Andrea Bennett, I'm going to make a lilac simple syrup to use probably in cocktails and lemonades and things like that. Uh, they say like, this is the closest way you can get to feeling like a bee. And I'm into that. Um, but you can also, people love lilac infused honey. And it's a bit of a faff, as the Brits would say, in that you have to pick off those blossoms all those tiny little blossoms, but I'm told it is worth it. And so I think next weekend, when I'm heading a bit north, where the lilacs will be a bit behind, I will be doing some lilac culinary experiments. It's also pink tree season, and lilacs are in that family. I mean, they aren't pink, but usually they're kind of purple or white, but all the crab apples are blooming, the red buds are just kind of finishing up or happening. And pink tree season is 
pretty magical as they drop all those petals into this glorious confetti on the ground it always feels like a party and it is spring is very much a party one thing that's amazing that i've noticed over the last week in this warm weather is many more insects waking up so i'm seeing more bees and other pollinate kind of flying pollinating insects one thing we haven't talked about that you may have noticed in your garden is the firebug which are these striking red and black they kind of red and black diamonds on their back they creep around on the ground and they often come in large numbers they congregate because they emit a pheromone that draws other bugs to them these are interesting because they are not native to here and they only started appearing in 2017 in the toronto area they're probably came they're european they probably came on imported plants and i actually have quite a lot of them in the garden um, i'm told that they really like linden tree seeds and i actually have a linden tree out front so that might be part of it but even in the back garden i have a lot of them the name is alarming and they look kind of alarming with their red and black dramatic coats and if you find a clutch of a hundred of them it might feel <laughs> uh, like this is a potential threat but happily they are not um, they seem to be pretty benign they are eating on seeds and dead wood matter so they shouldn't really harm your plants firebugs not one to worry about what we do have to worry about which has been on my mind the last week is jumping worms so these guys much more nefarious these are worms that are really damaging to the ecosystem of the garden as they move through the soil they consume a lot of nutrients far more than they put back and they leave a lot of their castings on top of the soil where the plant roots can't access them so not only are they taking more nutrients in the soil they're cycling them to a place where they're not really available to the plant roots that need them. Which is the opposite of the earthworms we know now, which enrich the soil with their castings that they leave behind. These two are not native earthworms, but earthworms are naturalized. They are, they really fit in. They've become a useful part of the ecosystem. We love earthworms, the jumping worms less so and they're just starting to spread around we don't know how to get rid of them once we have them they're there for good and in ontario they're really starting to think about ways to stop the spread of them and one way is to not share plants between gardens and this is kind of heartbreaking at this time of year which is traditionally a great time to divide plants to dig up volunteers and share them with a neighbor but they're really discouraging this and so i actually ran a plant swap yesterday and i had to say if you want to share plants you need to wash their roots you need to pot them in soil from the store and then you can share them which unfortunately is like adding a couple layers that are barriers between sharing plants and this is rotten. I hate for there to be barriers that will mean less plants 
fewer plants are being shared. But it seems like one way we can care for each other and for the ecosystems that we tend. It's a reminder of how connected we are, how mutually dependent we all are. And so ultimately, well, I don't want to take these precautions. I, th I think it's important to do. And so something to keep in mind if you are sharing plants, a truly wonderful thing to do, um, doing it bare root, which is to say, just washing the soil off the roots if they're going into another environment quickly, that can be fine. Or they, you can sometimes put them in water or just putting them in a little, buying a cheap bag of soil at the store and putting them in there temporarily. These are good precautions that can help keep our gardens safe. And we'll see what happens in the years to come. I'm also thinking about invasives because of garlic mustard. It's very much garlic mustard season and you'll see it around these um, plants with white flowers and I'm actually looking at it in the neighbor's yard. And this is a plant that is quite aggressive. So, you know, some plants that aren't native are fine. They behave, they may even be a functional part of the ecosystem. But garlic mustard is one that can really muscle in and kind of run rampant over other plants. And so now when you see those white flowers, it's a great time to yank it out before it goes to seed. You can actually eat it. You could even make a little flower arrangement. I've seen florists who use it as a kind of filler. Just make sure that we're getting it out before it goes to seed. And it is really not that hard to pull out. Walking around my neighborhood is very tempting just to yank it out every time I see it. But I am mindful of other people's property. So take a look around your own yard and see what's there. You know, this is a plant that, even though we call it invasive and we think, oh, we must get rid of it. It's not a bad plant. It's just a plant that is in the wrong place. And that still has uses. As I said, you could eat it. You can make a pesto, for example. Um, so I'm mindful of not being binary about plants. There are no good plants and bad plants, really. Most plants have their uses. So let's have a little look around and see what's new in the garden this week. Some strawberries are blooming. Always lovely to see. I don't get to eat a lot of strawberries because the squirrels and the birds really like to eat strawberries. So we are in competition, but that's okay. I still have a few that kind of have spread themselves around the garden and I let them be there. And if I get to eat a strawberry, what a bonus. I'm thrilled to see that my blueberry bush that I have in a pot has put on so many blossoms this year. And this is really rewarding. It's been in this pot for a couple of years now. And I have a couple in the side beds, which are not putting on this many blooms. And part of the reason is I know my soil is not really acidic enough for blueberries. You need acidic soil for blueberries. And I've had my soil tested and 
it is on the basic side. And so they have a tough time. So I put it in the pot because it's easier to control the acidification of the soil in the pot. In the main ground, you can apply things that make your soil more acidic, but eventually the soil is just going to revert to what it is. So you're kind of fighting a losing battle. But I love fresh blueberries. So that's why I'm trying in the pot. I already had the plants. Why not? And I'm just really happy to see the pot is going so well this year. So that is going to be a treat. It has its delicate little leaflets coming out. And this is nice to see, although of course, once these leaves fill in, the spring garden is going to be in the shade. But luckily, you know, I still have tulips going, but they're starting to wind down and there should be enough light for them to gather energy for next year. The lily of the valley is here. Let's smell it. Oh, it is so sweet and so nice. It can be too much in large quantities. And I know I talked about this before that lily of the valley is, and I know I've talked about this before that lily of the valley is not considered a plant we want to keep around, or I guess I should say necessarily cultivate. But mine is in this really dry, shady, right beneath the mulberry tree, barely anything can grow there area. And so it stayed really restricted to the three tiny little patches that it has. I'm a little less worried about it because of that. Um, but generally it is a plant that is not native to here, that really runs wild, that can spread into our wild spaces and ravines. And so we try to keep it managed to have less of it. Um, I also cut a lot of the lily of the valley, which again is kind of compromising its ability to really be vigorous and spread. My beautiful arcing Solomon seal flowers are now fully hanging down. They are so gorgeous. Right now the light is just shining gently through some of them. I'm so happy about this addition to the garden, which was the plant shared last year at the plant swap. And um, man, am I grateful for it to be here. And I learned just yesterday that, in fact, the new shoots of this plant you could actually eat. You could cook and eat, which is true of hostas too. These, these tender emerging things, true of ferns, right? Certain kinds of ferns, that's where we get fiddleheads. I really want the plant in this case, and I don't have that many stalks. So I won't be eating it anytime soon, but always fun to know about plants that you could eat that you maybe didn't know about before. The rhubarb is looking so thick and voluminous. The leaves are, you know, uh, bigger than my head. And I have a couple patches, kind of by accident, I meant to move it and instead I split it. So now I have a couple patches and I'll soon be pulling up a little bit of it. In fact, maybe let's do it right now. So reach in and give it a tug. Oh, oh, I got two. Oh, and they're beautiful. Um, a reminder, of course, that you can't eat the leaves. Those are poisonous, but those beautiful pink stalks. Oh yeah. And we always want to tug 
instead of cut to get it out, which I think we talked about before. Now that the warm weather is here, you might think, can I finally clean up? Can I finally cut back the dead things? And the answer is kind of a soft yes. This is the time of year when things are still emerging. I'm not going to unnecessarily move leaves that are mulching in the area of the garden that I don't need to plant in. It's a good idea to keep it anyway there to keep weeds down while you wait to plant it. But yes, I mean, we're getting to that time where we're accumulating enough warm days that a lot of the insects will have emerged. But again, like, don't be in a hurry. Just clean up as needed. One thing I'll be really excited to share this week is that we have our first guest episode of Gardening Out Loud. And uh, last week, I went over to Attica's garden, which is not so far from mine. And I loved seeing that not only did she have all this new growth and spring color and life, but there were the structures of the old perennial plant stalks still around, still sticking up out of the sedums, so the, but the whole butterfly bush there. You could still see last year in this garden and she hadn't cleaned up yet because there's no need to. And it was beautiful to have this juxtaposition of last year's life that is finished with all of the new growth of this year. And that really tells the story of the garden. So why hurry? Let things happen in its time. I'll do a little cutting back, but I'm going to focus more on planting some of my hot weather crops. Uh, the tomatoes will be ready to go in in a couple days from their hardening off, I hope. And my dahlia tubers, since it's been so warm, I think the soil will be getting warm enough for the dahlia tubers to go in, which is really exciting. I can see them sprouting in their little bag. They're just dying to get in there. So I'm going to put those in probably in the next week too. We're coming up to peak gardening time. It's a real shift in energy in mid-May as everyone just flocks to the garden centers and you want to put everything in the ground. And it is blissful gardening weather when the days are warm, but it's still cool enough that you're not just wilting out in the heat like a plant. So enjoy that energy, but also don't forget to rest. And don't forget to rest in your garden and take in everything that's happening. There is so much beauty unfolding day by day. I will talk to you next week. And even before that, look for our first guest episode in the feed. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.